If you have your Bibles with you, if you want to turn to Mark chapter 2, I'm going to begin in, in verse 1 here. Mark chapter 2. It's on page 834 of my Bible. I don't know if that works for you guys. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. Can you imagine? They're just yelling, Jesus is back! I mean, wow, that had to be just like, I mean, so super exciting. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Jesus visited this this house, probably a typical house in that time would have been Kind of like this square box, maybe a door, a couple windows, flat roof, uh, covered with uh, mud, straw. Nothing that you'd probably see on HGTV or in any handyman magazine. <laughs> pretty, uh, pretty standard home. On the outside, there would have been a way to get up onto that roof because that roof probably needed a lot of repairs off and on. So some kind of stairway, ladder, something. And sometimes, too, they would even just get up on the roof. Maybe a cool night, the family might go up there rather than being kind of stuck in the house. It says, some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them. I don't think this was probably the first time that these four guys carried their friend. I got a feeling that maybe they'd been buds for a long, long time. Doesn't really say. I can only imagine that though, because why, why would they go through all of that if they, I'm sure you're just not going to go pick up some strange guy in the, in the street. You know, the word finally had gotten to these guys, because maybe they lived on the other side of the town. The word got to these guys and that Jesus was there. They knew Jesus. They had heard of his healings. They knew in their hearts, if we can just, if we can just bring our friend to Jesus, if, if I, I just know that if, if we get him to Jesus, that Jesus can heal him. Jesus could do that. I find it kind of amazing that they didn't even know where the house was. You know, I mean, I don't know. Did they have street numbers and signs back then? I doubt it. And so now they got to try to find this house. I wonder if one of these guys was out of the four said, yeah, let's, let's take him. Let's take him to Jesus. The other three guys are going, what are you, nuts? You know, we don't even know where he is. We've got to carry the guy through these dusty streets. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was going on. Just picture yourself in this, in this story. If you can, try to smell the smells and hear the sounds. People kind of maybe all going towards this, this house. It says, since they, since they could not get them to Jesus because of the crowd... They made an opening in the roof above Jesus, and after digging through it, lowered the mat 
and the paralyzed man that the paralyzed man was laying on. Whose idea was that? Can you, I mean, I just can't. Here you're walking along, you got your guy, you come up to this house and you can't even get close to it. it the whole house is full of people. All around the house it's full of people. They got to get their friend to Jesus. And some guy says, I got it. I got it, guys. We'll just cut a hole in the roof and we'll just lower them down. I, I can only imagine. Just think, you're one of those three guys that just heard that, right? And you're like, what? Are you nuts? I mean, what is this guy going to think when we cut a hole in this roof? You know, and I'm sure he was saying, I don't care what they think. I don't really care. So they did it. They get up onto the roof. Can you imagine trying to carry this guy on a stretcher? Kind of, probably not quite like that one back there, but on a stretcher and four, four things to hang on to. They got to go up a staircase, up a ladder to get onto this roof. They don't know where to cut that hole. I'm guessing that maybe when they came by the house, it's one of the guys looks in the window and says, okay, Jesus is about 15 feet in front of the door here. So I think, so they get up there and they, they kind of do their, their head measurements and they just start cutting away. Pretty soon, as Jesus is talking, I can only imagine the owner of this house. I mean, think about this. And this stuff starts falling down off the roof. And he's thinking, man, I just repaired that. I knew Jesus was coming. I just prepared that roof so this wouldn't happen. And look at the stuff has just fallen down. So it's starting to fall down. Jesus is teaching through all of this. Everybody's pretty in tune with Jesus. So this stuff has just fallen down on Jesus and everybody else. So they get the hole made, and then it's like, okay, well, how are we going to get, now what are we going to do? We just can't drop the guy down there. I mean, it's like eight feet down. Well, one of the guys, again, maybe they took turn to think of these ideas. So they rip, take the sashes off that they're wearing, and they tie those around. And they're thinking, yeah, these are about six feet long with our arms, you know, a couple feet to our arms. I bet we can get this guy right down in, right in front of Jesus, right at his feet. And that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. So they lowered him down. Can you imagine this guy paralyzed, laying there? He looks up. This, as that come down, Jesus just stopped for a minute. Isn't that awesome that we know in Jesus that when we're hurting... He just stops and he looks at us. Can you imagine the eye contact that this guy and Jesus had? Because Jesus says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to this paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. It doesn't say that this guy says, well, I didn't come for that. Came to be healed. Well, Jesus knew. Jesus knew the main issue here. He knew he needed to forgive this man's sins. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there. I wonder if they didn't have like these front row seats right around Jesus. 
And they're thinking to themselves, why, do, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can, who can forgive sins other than God? Well, what a teaching moment for Jesus to let everybody know exactly, exactly who he was. Immediately, Jesus, he knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them. The four guys are probably still up on the roof. They're looking down, watching this. They got like this great, great seat, right? And can you imagine the cheering that has got to be going on here? As this guy gets up and he walks out and says, this amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we've never seen anything like this. Jesus ever worked in your life that way where you said, whoa, man, I've never seen anything like this before. Well, let's talk about some of these kind of things. You know, we certainly don't have to look very far, do we, to, to see people that are, that are hurting. There's, there's death, there's illness, there's broken relationships, there's addictions. I mean, the list goes on and on. My wife Jeannie and I, we uh, uh, met one of our sons as an over-the-road truck driver, and he was bringing a load from uh, the Midwest out to California, coming down I-40, and he said, hey, so I don't have a whole lot of time, but I want to be close. Let's meet somewhere. And we're like, yeah, well, how about we just meet in Williams or something like that? And so we, we head out. He's kind of heading towards, uh, heading west towards Williams. And he ends up getting a, a call or something. And uh, well, he drives right by Williams. And, uh, but we're, we're still coming up on, uh, we're, we're still on 89. And, and he said, let's just meet in Ash Fork. Okay, so we met in Ash Fork. There's this little, I've never ate in Ash Fork before. They got all sorts of restaurants there. I don't know if they're any good or not, but the one we ate at sure was. And so we, we go into this restaurant, just a small little thing. It's got about eight booths in it. You know, one of those kind of things. Really, really good food. And as I was leaving, there is this sign that was on the wall, and it says, if you ain't got problems, you're probably dead. <laughs> well, it's a little to the point, but anyway, isn't that almost the, tr almost the truth? Billy Graham, he was preparing for a crusade once uh, in a certain city, so he contacts the city leaders, and he said, hey, he said, we really want to pray for those that are hurting could you maybe send us a list of people so myself and my team, we could just pray for you? They said, no problem. What they did is they sent them the phone book. <laughs> Isn't that true, though? I mean, for as long as we are ministering to people, there isn't going to be any lack of audience. Here's a couple things that I'd like for us to take away today. First of all, that Jesus uses people who are willing to get involved regardless of the cost, embarrassment, or pain. Jesus uses people who are willing to get involved 
regardless of the costs or the embarrassment or the pain. I remember sitting in a uh, coffee shop here local in Prescott, and I just went in to uh, really just have a cup of coffee. I had my Bible. I was just going to do a little bit of reading. Uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of be quiet. It was really quiet in there, too. So I'm sitting in a back corner, and I'm reading, and this woman came in. She was probably maybe a woman in her 30s, 40s, and I shouldn't even go there because I'm so bad about that. But anyway, she was a younger woman. And so she sits down at this table, and it, I could kind of just see her from the side. And it looked like, it looked like she was crying. She, she had her cell phone, her head was kind of down, and, but I couldn't tell for sure. And I'm like, oh, God, what do you want me to do here? First of all, it's a little inappropriate, you know, that I just walk up to this woman that I have no idea who she is and just start talking to her. I didn't even know if she was hurting or not. I don't know, maybe she was laughing at a joke. So what I did was I crumpled up a napkin that I had on my table and I walked purposely right in front of her table to go throw away the napkin. And on my way by, I saw she was. She was crying. Okay, so I still really don't know what to do here, but I wanted to be willing. And I know God just uses us. And even if he didn't use me like where I could actually talk to her, he was still going to use me because I was going to pray for her. So I, I walk back, and yep, she's crying, and I sit down again, and it was just like God said, yeah, go ahead, you need to talk to her. So I came around the front of her table, and I, and I just said to her, it, it, don't use any of this stuff, sometimes it doesn't really work well, but anyway, I said to her, I said, it, it looks like you're having a bad day. Oh my goodness, the tears just started to flow even more so. And whatever she was reading on her phone, that was really causing her uh, a lot of problems. I didn't ask her what her issue was, but I, I mean, I could tell that she was just hurting. And I just said to her, can I pray for you? And I think she thought that I was going to like go home and pray for her or something. Well, I decided I was just going to pray for her right there or then. Uh, it's the best thing you can do, folks. I mean, what a blessing that is for a person. So anyway, I just prayed a short prayer for her. Anyway, this idea of just being willing. And yeah, it was a little embarrassing. You know, I mean, I, I, I really didn't know how to, how to handle that. But God worked all that out. Second of all, a stretcher bearer is that person of encouragement and support who stands by the side of a friend, no matter the difficulty. A stretcher bearer is that person of encouragement and support who stands by that side of a friend, no matter the difficulty. We can, as we look at these four guys, you can, you can see that. The one thing that they knew, it's that stretcher bearers know the one that can bring the healing. They, they knew Jesus. They, they knew the one. They know the one that can bring the healing. You know, there's a difference about knowing about Jesus and actually knowing Jesus, right? It says in, the, in Mark 2, uh, the second 
verse, third verse also, they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. They knew who Jesus was. Jesus, if you, you look in the book of Matthew, it says, Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. The town was so excited to hear about what Jesus had to say. But not everybody was. Some were skeptical. That was me 15 years ago, not that long ago. I was pretty skeptical. People talking to me about Jesus, I didn't want to hear about that. I knew about him, but I didn't know him. Was I really that bad that I needed forgiveness? People kept talking about that. You need a savior. God, I'm not, I'm not that bad. I didn't think I needed a savior. I thought of those questions when I died. Where was I going? Was I going to go to heaven? Isn't God a good God? He's not going to do. He's He's not going to withhold heaven from me. He's not going to deny me of that, is He? Maybe you're sitting here today. You've come in here this morning. Maybe it's one of your first times. Maybe you have some of those same those same questions. The thing is, we need to know the way. Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Jesus came and lived a life here three or so years in ministry preaching and then he went to the cross that's why we had communion today Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins every single one of them and like I thought not that bad but still there was sin there still is but there was. He hung on that cross for six hours, died for those, all of the sins, for me, for you, for you. Each one of us here, individually. Yeah, he died for the whole world, of course, but he's a personal savior. And then he rose again get to celebrate that pretty soon too I think it's early in April actually so that'll be fun get to celebrate Easter I don't know if there's if there's anybody here there might just be one person here maybe maybe you've have asked yourself that question where am I going to go when I die I, th I think I'm going to heaven wow wouldn't you want to know I remember a pastor asking me once he said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how sure was I that I was going to heaven? Before I knew Jesus, and I remember thinking, I was 7 or an 8. Man, I was, well, I was not doing good. You know, he said, wouldn't you rather be a 10? Wow, that really hit. 
in case there's somebody here that isn't sure, what we need to do is we just we need to confess that sin. We need to be sorry for our sin. We need to thank Jesus for dying on the cross for that sin. And we need to ask Him to come into our life as Lord and Savior. It says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. I see a bunch of heads bobbing up and down. Yeah. A lot of us know that. But if there is somebody here, would you just bow your heads for a minute? Lord, I just want to give any, someone, anybody that's here, Lord, that doesn't know for sure that they're going to heaven the opportunity right this second. I don't want to wait till this message is, is over and, and possibly run out of time or something and not be able to, to give somebody this opportunity of something that's so important. So if you're here this morning and you're, and you're thinking, I, I'm not sure, I'm just not sure. I don't know if Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. I don't know that I've ever really invited him into my life. This is the opportunity. You can just pray this prayer just silently in your heart. Just pray something like this. Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. I turn from that sin now. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross to pay the penalty for every one of my sins. Please, come into my life now as my Lord, my Savior, that I would know that I can spend eternity with you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If anybody prayed that prayer this morning for the first time, I want you, if not right now, just sometime this morning, a person that's sitting by you, I want you to tell them. Just give them a little nudge and say, I just invited Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yeah, just a little nudge. Make sure you tell somebody. We like to celebrate those things. The stretcher bearers, those guys, they knew Jesus. Here's something else we can take with us. Stretcher bearers are available and have compassion for one in need. Two things here. They're available and they have compassion. As you look at that story, they were all in. I mean, they really were. I mean, I'm not sure if I had that same kind of friend. I don't know what I would do. Hopefully I would do the same thing. You know, sometimes though we get, to, get distracted. There's a story about a guy, he walks into this dentist office and he says to the dentist, he said, uh, uh, I'm a moth. <laughs> dentist is like, well, why'd you come to a dentist's office? You need a psychiatrist. He said, he, he, he's right down the hall. Why'd you come in here? He said, well, the light was on. Yeah, and they don't get any better. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, but we do. We get distracted sometimes, and pretty easily, don't we? 
Uh, I just got to read you some of these. These are not only distracting, but we get a, we have excuses. Here's some excuses that uh, careerbuild, careerbuilder.com had published. These are actual excuses of people why they didn't show up for work. And maybe you got some better ones, I don't know. But listen to these. I was sprayed by a skunk. I, I tripped over my dog and I was knocked unconscious. My bus broke down and was held up by robbers. I was arrested as a result of mistaken identity. I forgot to come back to work after lunch. I couldn't find my shoes. I hurt myself bowling. My curlers burned my hair and I had to go to the hairdresser. My, my cat unplugged my alarm clock. A hitman was looking for me. I had to be there for my husband's grand jury trial. I, I totaled my wife's Jeep in a collision with a cow. You know, all sorts of excuses. We, we have those sometimes. Uh, takes away from this availability of, of serving the Lord. There was a blackout one night. When the lights went out, I fumbled to the closet where we, where we kept candles for nights just like that. And I lit four of them. I was turning to leave with a large candle in my hand when I heard a voice. Now hold it right there. Who said that? I did. The voice was near my hand. Who are you? What are you? I'm a candle. I lifted up the candle to take a closer look. There was a tiny face in the wax. Don't take me out of here. What? I said, don't take me out of this room. What do you mean? I have to take you out. You're a candle. Your job is to give light. It's dark out there. But you can't take me out. I'm not ready. The candle explained with these pleading eyes. I need more preparation. I couldn't believe my ears. More preparation? Yeah, I've decided I need to do research to, to research this job of light giving. So I won't go out and make a bunch of mistakes. You'd be st surprised how distorted the glow of an untrained candle can be. <laughs> All right then, I said, you're not the only candle on the shelf. I'll blow you out and take the others. But right then I heard the other voices, we're not going either. <laughs> I turned to the other candles, you are candles and your job is to light dark places. Well, that may be what you think, said the first one. You may think we have to go, but I'm busy. I'm meditating on the importance of light. It's really enlightening. And you other two, I asked, are you going to stay too? A short, fat, purple candle with plump cheeks spoke up. I'm waiting to get my life together. I'm not stable enough. The last candle had a female voice, very pleasant to the ear. I'd like to help, she explained, but lighting the darkness is not my gift. I'm a singer. I sing to other candles to encourage them to burn more brightly. She began a rendition of This Little Light of Mine. The other three joined in, filling the closet with singing. I took a step back, considered the absurdity of it all, four perfectly healthy candles singing to each other about light, but refusing to come out of the closet. Can we look past some of these distractions, some of these excuses? We see Christ through others. Let's allow people to see Christ through us. Amen? There are friends who pretend to be friends, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. In Galatians we read, 
carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. What kind of friend do people see us as? Are we helping with their burdens? Are we helping even when they kind of resemble a porcupine? just want to talk about compassion just for a minute. I know I'm going to lose about half of you right here, especially the guys. You know, I mean, compassion and guys, you know, sometimes, yeah, can we talk about hunting or, I mean, fishing or something? I mean, how about football? Yeah. Well, well, not only the guys, it looks like there's the ladies out there too. Compassion means to have mercy, to, to feel sympathy. It's more than a feeling, though. It's actually love enacted. Those folks that were up here earlier, they actually have the gift of mercy. That's what drew them to that ministry. They can't even contain themselves if they even have a hint of somebody that's having some sort of issue. We're not all gifted that way. But I, I do believe that loving and caring for others isn't only for those that have the gift of mercy. Jesus is speaking to all of us when he says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. What else do we learn from these four trusted friends? Stretcher bearers are creative, they're persevering, and they're determined in the midst of inconvenience and challenges. They're creative, they're persevering, determined. These guys were definitely creative. As we look at verse 4 there in Mark 2, it says, since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made this opening in the roof. Right above Jesus. And then they dig, dug through it and lowered their friend on that mat that he was lying on. Sometimes we do need to be a little creative to really, really come alongside somebody. There's a, a young man that's really part of this church. His family is actually here today with us. This young man of 17 has muscular dystrophy, along with a couple other things. This young man is dying. We don't know when. We don't know if God is going to heal him. But he's in bed. And the only thing really he can move are really kind of his fingers. The rest of him, it doesn't move. Literally, a person on a stretcher. What does Jesus ask us to do? He asks us to go love that person any way we can. And so, myself and uh, Pastor Rick here that was up here earlier, who uh, has been super instrumental in, in, in helping me with this ministry that we're, we're starting. And so Rick and I have been visiting this young man well, so you got a couple old guys. Well, one old guy. Rick's probably not not that old, but so you got a couple guys that are are visiting this young man, and we really have a good time. This kid is just 
And you walk away blessed because of the smile on this young man's face. But I could tell we were only picking up a part of that stretcher. And so what we did is we decided to bring Jamie, our worship pastor, along because we found out that this young man loved singing. So Jamie brought his guitar and we went over there and we sang. And then a week or so after that, it was right around Christmas time. There was about five of our youth that said, I asked them, I said, would, would you like to go over and just uh, do some Christmas songs? Oh, they were like, they couldn't wait to get in the car. I mean, they're just so excited. We went over there. The point of all of this is, is sometimes we need other people to kind of come alongside of us because they have different things they can, they can offer. Kind of like those four guys. If it would have been one guy trying to pick up that stretcher, it probably wouldn't have worked so well. Needed all those guys. From the book of Galatians we read, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have our opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And this from James, uh, the brother of Jesus, says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. I just want to uh, encourage you this way today. Your work as a stretcher bearer will not be forgotten. In the book of Colossians, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. And God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown Him as you have helped His people and continue to help him. There should be a little card in your, uh, in your bulletin there uh, that'll uh, allow you to uh, really respond to some of these things we're talking about if you, wanna, if you wanna take that out. Just wondering what God has laid on your heart today and what your response is. Is there a person that you've been praying for? If you want to write that name in there, we'd love to as staff and our prayer team and just pray with you about that. Do they need to hear the good news? Do they know Jesus, these people that you know? If you need some help in sharing that, it's like, well, yeah, they need to hear the good news, but I'm not so, God, just not comfortable enough about sharing that. We're going to be doing a, uh, um, I call it kind of a coaching session that will begin on March 7th. You can check that box and uh, sign up for that. When you leave here today, you're going to see a whole bunch of roses, all sorts of different colors. Because I knew if I only got one color, I'd probably disappoint somebody. And so we got all sorts of colors. We probably got almost every color they have. When you leave today, I want you to grab a rose. I don't want you to give it to your husband 
or give it to your wife or give it to your boyfriend or girlfriend. This rose, I want you to reach out to somebody. There's probably somebody, as we're talking now, oh my goodness, i got to give this rose to somebody that I really don't maybe know. Or, Yeah. What about maybe some server at a restaurant that you normally go to to have some breakfast after the service or whatever? Um, I don't know. There's all sorts of different... You can use your imagination here. But when you give them that rose, I want you to tell them that Jesus loves them. Give them the rose. Jesus loves you. It could be they haven't heard that for months. There's also some postcards out there. There could be that you know a person. Maybe they don't live right here in this area. Grab a postcard. Write them a little note. Tell them Jesus loves them. You don't have to write a whole lot of stuff on there. Just, when's the last time you received a postcard? My goodness. I mean, that's, that's kind of like back in the old days there. What a, what a blessing, you know, that would be. You know, and today too, if, if you're sitting out there and you have that gift of mercy... God's kind of calling you like, yeah, I want, to, I want to be part of that. I want to be where I can come alongside somebody. I, I just don't know the somebody. Well, that's what this ministry does. We find out the somebodies and we line somebody up with them. Yeah, I want to be part of that. Go ahead, check that off. We'll let you know in the next session. We don't have a date yet for starting, but we'll let you know when that next session uh, starts. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I feel like I'm on that stretcher. I do not have any energy at all. You don't know what I've been going through. Maybe that's you today. Let us know. Because we don't want you to come next Sunday and just be like, yep, that's still me today. We want you to come next Sunday and go, you know, somebody got a hold of me and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be meeting with this, this person and, and they said they just wanted to listen to me. Wow, I never had that happen before. So, if you're on a stretcher, let us know. You can, when those cards are completed, you can, uh, when the offering bucket comes by here just a little bit later, you can uh, uh, just drop it in, in there. Let me uh, close with a couple things. Uh, I believe today is a day to bring someone some encouragement. And I believe too that today is the day to receive encouragement from another. Let somebody know how you feel if you're on that stretcher. Let somebody bring you some encouragement. I'm just going to close with this little story. Isn't it always the little kids that, that always have the right things to say? Lori was about three when one night she requested her mom's help in uh, getting undressed. Mom was downstairs and Lori was upstairs and the mom yelled up, you know how to undress yourself? Mom reminded her, yes I do, the little girl answered, but sometimes people need people anyway, even if they do know how to do things by themselves. But sometimes people need people anyway. People do need people when they're hurting or just to have another person around to talk with. Those four guys, they knew what that meant. People need people. They acted for their friend. Is that us today? 
Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity to look into your word, to, to grab onto your heart, Lord, of uh, what, it, what it means to love somebody, to be a friend to somebody. So God, as we go out with these postcards and roses, kind words, whatever else you, you want us to do, Lord, to bring uh, encouragement to someone else, Lord, we just, we just want to do that today. And Lord, we just want to give you all the glory and the praise for all that's going to be accomplished through it. Just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.